Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. Hi, Kim. Good morning. Good morning, Kara. Happy President's Day. I know we're not supposed to date these I know. recordings because people listen to them in the future and go, my gosh, it's July. It's not President's Day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to know because that means that people should know that my nine-year-old is home and running around in the background. <laughs> so at any point, there could be an interruption about something as simple as I need a snack or the internet stopped working or it could be anything (laughs) at any any moment. moment. And we got up crazy early this morning to get this done and get this recorded because it's becoming spring around my place, although I did take the whole weekend off. I thoroughly enjoyed an entire weekend with nothing but gaming and couch time. And I just, I had myself a little staycay over the weekend. (laughs) Good for you. I'm proud of you. You needed that. That's awesome. I did need that. I tried to be creative this weekend and wasn't successful. (laughs) Did you follow your creative amplifiers that we talked about on the Cowgirls with Cameras podcast? I tried a little bit, but the biggest thing was is I was trying to do something specific and failed at it miserably over the course of two days. So we'll see. We'll see if I can if I can. uh, if I can re, re-excite myself for that project or if I'm going to have to take a break from it because I got pretty bummed. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. It's terrible when you like really try it something and then you you feel yeah. like it just doesn't come easy, right? So I get it. Right. It was a new task too. So something totally new. Ah. Got to give myself a little grace with learning something new and it's okay to make mistakes and all that good stuff. So yes, it is. All of those things. My little one just peeked around the corner. (laughs) Good morning, Easton. Okay. So we are talking today in our, if we don't get started, we won't get to the topic because we could just go on and uh, talk for a really long time, just chit chat. But that's true. Today, we are talking about how to add an animal influence to your marketing and brand. And I know this kind of sounds like a little bit of a no-brainer, but for especially for animal-based businesses, but I see a lot of animal-based businesses out there without really utilizing one of their greatest assets, which is the animals themselves. So today, Kara and I are going to give you some suggestions and some ideas on how you can bring the fur, the feathers, the paws, the slither, if you for some reason work with snakes. We might have people out there working with snakes, but we're going to talk about how to bring that into your marketing. So our big three for today is to one, feature animals visually in your marketing. That's one way to definitely bring the influence in. Another way is to bring animal elements to your brand 
brand through a variety of other ways. And then the final thing we want to talk about is to bring an actual animal into your branding, which is kind of fun and interesting. So I have had clients that have pulled this off very successfully in their marketing, and it's it's worked out really well. So let's dive into the first one, which is to feature animals visually in your brand. Now, Kara and I are both photographers, so this one seems like an easy one for us. We feel that you all should be able to bring animals visually into your brand. Some people have logos that feature animals in their logo, and other people have imagery like photography or drawings that feature that into their marketing. And it wouldn't be a business animal podcast without a Kara list. And Kara has an amazing list of things that you can consider (laughs) when you're thinking about bringing animals visually into your marketing. So take it away, girlfriend. Well, when I was thinking about this episode that was coming up, it felt like a very well, of course, we're animal-based business owners. We're going to have animals as part of our brand. But when I really started thinking about it, it's so much deeper than that. If you think about it, animals themselves are their own brand, right? They are. The horse has its own brand. You know, they're known for their speed. They're known for their beauty. They're known for their power, their grace, sometimes their elegance, right? You think about the owl, for example. When you think about an owl, you think about wisdom. You think about maybe something that's analytical, insightful. You think about depth. So every animal has its own brand. So I think as animal-based business owners, we can't just jump into this willy-nilly. We have to say to ourselves, if my brand was an animal, what kind of animal would it be and why? So we have to ask ourselves that question and actually do a little work on that. I think... For a lot of animal-based business owners, it's easy to jump right to the animal that you work with, or maybe an animal that you feel will automatically foster a connection between you and your ideal client. But if we aren't authentic about it and really think about that animal and how it connects to our brand, then there could be some issues there. What do you think about that piece of that? I think that's very accurate. I'm sitting here now trying to think of what kind of an animal would my business be? What would it represent? (laughs) And I do have to say, I think I would go with a horse. Like I try to be wise. Uh-huh. I was and thinking very... goat. Goat. <laughs> no, I, I I don't know about the goat part. I live with goats. <laughs> Not oh. actually in the so house no? or anything. <laughs> I just think about bouncing around and all that. You know, they always have such funny ideas. And so I see it from that perspective. <laughs> well, that's kind of a cute way to look at it. A little naughty. Yeah, a little naughty is definitely true when it comes to a goat. Um, <laughs> yes. And and I am hungry all the time. So that's another goat-like thing in my business. I'm always hungry for new things to do, new ideas, and tasting new things. So, so goats would be a very, it would be somewhat accurate. But Personally, I like to see my business as more like Zen and there to help people and to take them places and let them grow, which is very much what horses do, which is why they're such a big part of my business. And I do feature them frequently 
in my marketing because I want people to recognize me as the horse girl, the person they can go to for more things of inspiration that are around horses. And it's become somewhat synonymous with who I am. And, and I'm doing a lot of networking right now to get my gestalt work out in front of people. And I spend a lot of time in Kansas City going to networking groups. And, and I've made some great, great friends during this process. But now I'm known as Kim the horsewoman. I walk into a room and it's, oh, it's Kim with the horses. Like everybody now identifies me and that section of my business decidedly with the horses, which I absolutely love. So I'm good with that. What kind of, what is it? What's your business? Well, first I have to apologize before I go on. My dogs are going crazy in the background. So for all of you that are, they feel like they should be a part of this episode. So <laughs> what did you just ask me? I was going to say, what animal is your business? Yeah. Is, is it a dog? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm fast horse photography. So I do feel like it's not just a horse, but it's a fast horse. It's a running horse. It's that symbolism of like movement and grace and elegance is what I'm always hoping for. So, well, and if you go back to your why for your business, you know, one of the reasons mm -hmm. that you started this business is freedom. And that's what a fast horse really represents yeah. metaphorically yeah. is that freedom. Yep. So I think that's a, a really cool on thing the run. To, <laughs> on the run. Well, so we were talking about, you know, animals having their own brand and gave the examples of the horse and the owl. And then I think about other animals like the dog is loyal or a cunning fox or a wise and dependable turtle. Those were some others that I thought of. But you also have to think about things like cultural differences. In different cultures, animals are viewed differently. So you have to think about that when you're looking at your market. I think about how the cow is considered in India versus how the cow is considered in the United States. So you really have to know your target audience when you're thinking about the animal that you're going to use and how you want to display the characteristics of that animal. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's important to understand your target market as well, because the average human yeah. has a different view of a horse than people in the horse industry. So that can even be in micro communities within our own world as well here, as well as places that are far away. And then I would add one more piece to that is you have to also understand animal symbology and meaning behind that, because that's a whole nother level of just thinking about the animal and how it can have different meanings in different communities that you want to serve. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, there are some great things online. If you search around animal, whatever type of animal and the meaning, I do a lot of, you know me and my woo. So I, I know that you're going to go, oh my God, and probably roll your eyes at this. But a Great. lot of times when I have clients <laughs> here okay. and we're working on their stuff and we see part of the allure here is nature and part of the wisdom here is nature. And so I'm always looking around me for who shows up, not just human, but who shows up in the animal world. And I had one client here, we were working on her family and a guinea rolled into the picture. Now, I don't know if you all know what guineas are out there like in the world. Like a guinea fowl? Like a guinea fowl. So they're very, very loud oh, not and a guinea very pig. raucous. Okay. 
and very uh, make themselves known. And we happened to be working on her family and her parents. And the guinea just rolls right up in there and starts his thing. And just it's actually I think it's the female. She was like going off. And the woman like connected it all on her own. She's like, yeah, that, that, that sounds just like I can't remember which parent, but sounds just like that parent <laughs> that we were working on. So sometimes they like roll into something and make it their own. But back to what I was saying, I also look up online for my clients, you know, like what are the traditional meanings around having a guinea fowl in front of you? And that's not something the average human is going to know. Or if we see a certain bird or another certain wild or domestic animal happens to be showing up for them, it's really interesting in the metaphorical sense of how that works. And for those of you who go, well, wow, that's really, really woo. I want to remind you, and I've been doing a lot of study on this, that metaphors are brain candy. They're the way our subconscious really connects to a concept or an idea. And it holds a ton of meaning for us mentally and emotionally when we connect those things. Now, let's take that one step further and look at it from a business perspective. Those things connect in our clients' brains as well. So there you go. There's a long way around to why that guinea showed up and then into how it could affect a business. So let's roll it right into number two. I think we're ready for that. So actually bringing the animal element into your brand. This one makes me laugh because I've been watching a lot of Shit's Creek lately. Do you watch that show at all? I have not. So you're going to have to tell me all about it. When we're not on the, when we're not recording, I'll tell you all about the show. But on this show, it's been cracking me up. And one of the elements of the show is there's a veterinarian on there and he uses puns all the time. So it just cracks me up. The other day he was giving all of the rescue dogs that were up for adoption. He was trying to boost their morale. So he was giving them a pup talk and um, he always is talking about his pet peeves and he's just always using puns in his TV veterinarian business. And it just, when we think about bringing the element into your brand, that's one of the things that I was thinking about last night when I was thinking about us recording this morning. So that was popping up in my Shit's Creek episode. Well, we were very pun when we started this we podcast. Sure we have a good example of how language and animals just in the beginning of this episode, when you listen to it, like you take your gallop to the top of the animal industry. And it also reminds me of a good friend of ours, Pam Gabriel, photography in Wisconsin. She's a very punny girl. <laughs> she has always got a million puns <laughs> going on. But yeah, so yes, definitely use language. But of course, there's so many other things about bringing it into your business other than puns, right? I mean, when you think about it, and one of the things that you have here is color schemes. What does that mean to you in terms of bringing the animal element to your brand? Well, I think it depends on what animal element you're looking for. Like, right, if you have a business mascot, or which we'll get to in a moment, that is a zebra, you would then work on the black and white things. I have some clients who yeah. have a program that they do about your stripes. It's about finding your uniqueness. And the zebra is the mascot for that program. So they bring in a black and white color scheme. If you're a paint horse breeder, you may want to think about that as well. Do you want to have an Overo certain color scheme? It's just what colors do you associate with those 
particular animals. By the way, when it comes to bringing in animals into your marketing and visually and all of the elements that come into it, it doesn't necessarily have to be like your business name or like the big part of your business. Mm -hmm. It can be brought in in packages and product and service names as well. So I'm going to be starting a group here in Kansas City for my equine gestalt in March. And the name of the group is Epona's Herdmates. And Epona is a horse goddess. And then Herdmates obviously makes sense. So I brought in the element into the group name, which promotes the horse quality and then having horses in the group. So there's a lot of ways. I have the Horsewoman's Way package, which is a year-long journey or adventure you can take with me. I see a lot of businesses out there that do this. They have great ways of naming their packages, their products, or their services to where they bring those elements in to their business and they definitely have an animal influence from the get-go. Oh, yeah. You see that all the time in the photography, the equine photography world, too. So they might have packages and then they'll name their services or packages after something in the equine industry. So it could either be names of horses, horse breeds, or it could be levels of competition or show winnings, that sort of thing. I see that all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. For example, I did a website course that's very, very specific for a group of people who have horse-based businesses. And the package levels are Rookie, Derby, and Futurity, a Rookie, Futurity, and Derby, which are reigning terms because the woman who developed a program had a reigning background and I do too. So those are three levels. Of course, the Rookie, it would build to the Futurity and then to the Derby. So there's a ton of ways that you can do this and be really creative with it. Yeah. And you can think about it in terms of your logo. You don't have to have the animal necessarily as your logo, but I saw a really cute one online recently. It was a similar, it was a, they were forming a community and they wanted it to have, they were thinking what animal best symbolizes the community and what they came up with were bees. And the symbolism of bees and how they work together and they were talking about uh, something had to do with the hive and that sort of thing. And, and they their colors were the bee colors that you would associate like honeybees, like the yellow and black, which was really cool. But they didn't have a bee as their symbol. They just had the name and then they had little bee wings on the side. And it was the cutest logo. But you can get creative. You don't have to have the animal as your full logo. I do yeah. think it's important to check the uniqueness of your idea, though. You've got to be original. I just think about like how weird it would be if all the insurance companies used a gecko or a lizard in their branding. So like you have to think about that a little bit. And in the equine industry, we can get caught up in some repetition there. Like I'll see photography logos, for example, that all look very similar or you know, package naming. They'll copy each other's package names. So you really have to be original and make it unique to your brand, which is a whole nother topic. I mean, we've talked about branding before and how important that is to build a brand that is unique to you and to your business. Absolutely. And yeah, because you don't want to accidentally get confused for somebody else, right? You don't want to be somebody's looking at something and they recognize it and then go to your competitor because your branding elements were so similar that they reminded you of that competitor. 
I mean, I know like in the insurance company thing you were talking about with the gecko, there's another insurance <laughs> company that adopted an ostrich for a little while or an emu. I think it was an emu yes. actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's another way I think they were sort of poking fun at the gecko in some ways and to get people to recognize them as unique and different. And so they, they picked an emu. <laughs> That was interesting. Well, then you have Aflac with the duck. With the duck. Oh, yeah. The duck is definitely noticeable. Yeah. Well, think about other big brands. It's funny because sometimes you don't even... Yeah, don't even realize it. Yeah, that that's an animal influence. Right. You don't even think about how many businesses out there have animal influences until you actually go and look and spend time looking because it's, it kind of blows you away. Like when you think about it, like think about like I'm thinking of all the insurance companies now, but think about the insurance company that does the mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> the mayhem commercials where yes. he's the raccoon. Yeah. Like they're okay. taking the, you know, like bad things can happen. So they took that element of an animal and did something totally different with it. But they took all of the characteristics that are associated when we think about raccoons and the mischief and the mayhem, you know? <laughs> so Absolutely. it's just, you don't realize it until you really sit down and start going through companies, how many of them pull in animal elements. And there's a reason behind that, right? Because we are, as humans, many of us are in some way connected to animals, and it pulls us in and we can relate to them so easily. And we have these ingrained, like we were talking about before, we have these ingrained, animals have their own brand, and it's in our brain. You know, like we think about man's best friend is a dog, right? Like we think about these things, they roll off of our tongue all the time. So if businesses can associate themselves with that, I don't know, it's like a formula that just has worked. Well, it keeps you memorable, right? One of the goals of marketing isn't just to be noticed, but to be memorable. Because when you're memorable, people can come back and find you again and again and again. So it's very, very key to be recognizable, memorable. That's all part of what you're really striving for when you have a brand. And to be associated with things that are appropriate for your brand, like in fast horse photography or, you know, in Epona's herdmates, whatever it happens to be, you want that quality to be represented in your customer's brain because it sets them with the mindset they need to have to come into your business and to have a positive and good experience with your business. So again, it's it's super important beyond just, I know where it's kind of feels like a silly topic a little bit, but it's not silly at all when you think of the impact that it has and how your consistency can be so key in really making it memorable and recognizable for your current and potential customers. Let's talk about bringing an actual animal into your brand. So mascots are one way that you can do this. And if you think about this, there are a boatload of really good examples. I was watching a video for of the Budweiser Clydesdales the other day. There's an animal mascot. And you can think of it even, there's even a better branded one Every fire department in this country has a branding mascot element of a Dalmatian, right? Collectively, we all see a Clydesdale and think of Budweiser beer. Collectively, we see a Dalmatian and think of firehouses. And so the mascot is absolutely key sometimes in having your business be very recognizable. Now, I don't say that you're going to be, you know, your animal mascot may get 
on the same level as the Budweiser Clydesdales or the Firehouse Dalmatian. But it's still important. I have a client <laughs> who has, and, and it can be just totally different. Like the Dalmatian probably has a little bit to do with alarming about the fire and the Budweiser Clydesdales pull the beer wagon. Yes. But it can be so totally unrelated. I have a client who has a, has a motel in Branson, Missouri called the Sandpiper Landing Inn. And the dog is named, I think she's probably Sandpiper, they call her Piper. But Piper is their mascot. Piper is on their Christmas cards. Piper is is in their marketing and advertising. It's this family-owned sort of come in and meet the dog and be part of our family and stay in our rooms. And it's just, it's a really cool little marketing campaign that she's got going on with Piper as a mascot. And Piper is getting a little older now, but people love to come see her. They ask about her. They want to see her in the branding and the marketing. Even though she's not a cute little puppy any longer, it still is an important part. And she's become a big mascot for that particular business. It's true. Another person that does that really well, I think, is one of our guests we've had on the show a couple times, Betsy Bird of Ride the Sky Photography. Her dog, Nitro, is her assistant in her business, and he sends in emails for her routinely, and signs off the emails, answers questions for her. She's recently taken the extra steps to make sure that he's been included in her updated branding photos, like her business branding photos. And she's got great pictures of him sitting at the desk with glasses on and, you know, his readers on. And it's just adorable. And she gets the best feedback from that and has people actually respond to the emails, like asking how Nitro's doing and people become invested in how Nitro's doing. (laughs) And it's interesting because I do too. And I think that, you know, especially in this day and age with Instagram and TikTok and how out there we are with sharing content, it's easier than ever to share like your own pets, your animals, your livestock, and make them the center of the story routinely in the business. And I feel like it helps a lot in developing that relationship with your audience. And I have brands that I probably would never have followed except for the animal element drug me in. And now I'm looking for the next post that's going to have something cute with their animal. There's a traveling, oh, it's like a hiker person and they do a lot of camping and they do camping advertisements and stuff, but they have a dog and a cat that have been for a very long time their center focus of their online, their Instagram account. And recently the dog passed away as part of the element and of the cat and dog element. And I watched them do a pivot with a new dog and it has been, I've been just like wrapped up in the saga, but all along they're selling camping supplies, they're selling all of the products that they're pushing out there. But at the same time, I'm there getting the messaging because of I've been drug in by the animals, <laughs> the story of the animals and how they're connected to it all. <laughs> it sucks Absolutely. you in. <laughs> Absolutely. The story of these creatures that we follow online is their story is as important to us as the business. Yeah. And here's what the bottom line to that means for the business is you talk about it. 
right? When we had that wonderful yeah. guest on Meredith that talked about, you know, what is branding? And she said, it's the conversation people have about you yep. when you're not in the room. Meredith Davis. So one yep. of the things that this is a conversation starter, right? It's you starting that conversation about that animal that you are deeply connected to on social media. Yeah. And maybe you're not the ideal customer for that business, but I can guarantee you probably know some. And just you talk talking about it gets that conversation started and it also makes you feel really really good about that business right it gives you this positive association yeah. that you want to share about the business as well as about the animal story and then other people become hooked and that's the golden egg of social media marketing is when you can find that particular situation where you can get seen by a lot of people or get people having conversations or talking about your business all part of marketing, all part of branding, all part of getting that conversation started. And I think it's sometimes easier for us to start conversations on things that aren't us. So I think that that's great. All right. Is there anything else we want to add to this before we wrap up the show today? I don't think so. All right. Then I'll go over our big three one more time. So just reminding folks that if you want to bring an animal element into your brand, that is possible. And it's something that businesses of all types and sizes are doing every day. So think about ways that you can feature animals visually in your marketing, how you can bring elements of the animal into your brand, and how you can bring an actual animal into your brand. So think about those three things. Things. For those of you who have joined us today, thank you so much. You guys have no idea how much we appreciate hearing from you. Please let us know. You can find us over on Instagram and Facebook at The Business Animal, and you can find us online at thebusinessanimal.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.